0: Hello listeners, I'm Jeff's voice avatar. You might already have listened to the last episode with Melina and Shuko. It was about making hydrogen for the green hydrogen economy. Today we'll dive deeper into what goes into building efficient and effective water electrolyzers. As a reminder, a fuel cell turns hydrogen and oxygen into electricity and water. And as Shuko and Melina discussed in the previous episode, a water electrolyzer works the other way around. It uses electricity to split water into its components hydrogen and oxygen. In case the electricity stems from renewable sources, the produced hydrogen is labeled green hydrogen both fuel cells and electrolyzers operate in very similar ways the electrochemical reaction takes place in the so-called stack the stack is literally a stacking of individual electrochemical cells bosch's electrolysis expert anika utz explains the principle of a pem electrolysis pem is short for proton exchange membrane
1: so you have a membrane in the middle which is electrically isolating and just conductive for a certain type of ions, in this case, hydrogen ions. And then you have the catalyst, and the catalyst is applied on this membrane and accelerates the electrochemical reaction of the water splitting.
0: The catalyst is crucial for the electrochemical reaction and its efficiency. It is also one of the trickiest things to get right.
1: The catalyst activity is one of the main drivers of energy losses on stack level. So if the catalyst degrades, for example, it gets deactivated or it agglomerates and thus reduces an area, then we will have an increase in overpotential in the stack and thus a reduction of efficiency.
0: In order to compensate for catalyst degradation over lifetime, one measure is to add surplus catalyst at beginning of life. More catalyst material would be applied per surface area. This higher catalyst loading could guarantee the efficiency of the stack. But there is a catch. The catalyst material is expensive.
1: In PEM electrolysis, we need platinum group metals. So, for example, iridium oxide, but also ruthenium oxide and platinum.
0: In the Bosch PEM electrolysis stack, they use iridium, among other materials. It's an extremely rare metal. Less than 10 tons are produced each year, and that worldwide. Fun fact, hydrogen is used in iridium production as well. Most iridium comes from mines in South Africa. Annika Uts gives a good impression of just how expensive it is. It significantly contributes to the cost of an electrolysis stack.
1: A large portion of the cost is associated with material cost, and a relevant portion of that is iridium cost.
0: Remember, the entire 1.25 megawatt stack weighs 2.8 tons. This thin coating with a few grams of iridium on the membranes makes up a sizable chunk of the cost. So the engineering task is to use as little iridium as possible while using enough for the stack to be efficient and long-lasting. Not only at Bosch, everyone working on pen cells is trying to find that optimum.
1: I would say that's a task of the entire hydrogen community. A lot of research institutes are working on how to reduce platinum and iridium loading. Loading means how much weight is applied per area. And you want to make it as low as possible, but of course you need also to be sure that it's evenly distributed over the area and that it doesn't agglomerate over a lifetime. So I think that's a big task of the entire community as well as identifying alternatives to replace iridium, ruthenium, etc. in the future.
0: Of course, the catalyst is only one factor that defines the efficiency of a stack. There is another variable that Anika and the team developing the electrolysis stack at Bosch had to get right. It is the current-to-voltage characteristic of a stack. The stack operates at a certain current, which leads to a certain voltage, and this affects how well it is suiting to the power electronics that supply the stack with DC power.
1: You can basically say per cell you have 2 volt, So if you have 100 cells in a stack, well, then you have 200 volts. And the current is directly proportional to the cell area. So if you had... Um, 1000 uh, square centimeter, then you have maybe two ampere per square centimeter, and then you have 2000 amps per stack. And this already shows that um, you would have 2000 amps, if I calculated it correctly, by 200 volts, so much higher current than voltage.
0: This is a challenge for the power electronics that first convert AC to DC and then provide the necessary current and voltage. Annika presented a rather optimistic and conservative calculation. Most stacks operate at even higher currents. To achieve better system integration, it would be good to bring the levels of current and voltage closer together. But a third tricky aspect has to be considered. The area of the stack also affects efficiency.
1: On one cell, you would expect a certain voltage. And now if you increase the current, you get overpotentials. So you get loss mechanisms that reduce the efficiency of the thing. And in the middle of the um, count voltage characteristic, you can mainly assume linear correlation. So the higher you choose the current density, the higher is the overpotential. thus the loss. Now, if you want to build a very compact stack, then you would maybe want large current densities, but this comes with lower efficiency. And so you kind of have to find a trade-off how to operate your stack in an efficient way in correlation with CAPEX utilization, but also in combination with the power electronics.
0: CAPEX meaning capital expenditure or hardware cost. It's such an important factor because building an electrolyzer is a big investment. The cost associated with that will eventually be an important factor in determining the price of the hydrogen produced. The other main factor being the cost of electricity, hence the importance of efficient operation. In addition to the necessary power electronics and the efficiency, the current at which the stack operates has other implications too.
1: The decision on what is the optimal current density per stack is a decision that already needs to be done in the development of the stack because it also affects the cooling demand in the stack, which is realized by the water supply. So you have a lot of things to consider if you have a higher cooling demand, then you will need to push more water through the stack, which means you need maybe larger flow channels and things like that. So it's really an important aspect to consider in stack design to decide what is the operation range for this specific stack.
0: Yes, you heard that right. The water is not only there as the educt for the electrochemical reaction to be turned into hydrogen, to put it simply. The water has another function. It cools the stack while it's flowing through it. Actually, most of the water is only there for cooling. Plus, it has yet another function, according to Annika.
1: It also has the function of kind of realizing a constant transport of the oxygen out. Because if you would have oxygen bubbles on the anode side, then the electrochemical reaction would be hindered.
0: The water washes the oxygen away.
1: At the outlet, you have still a lot of water with the oxygen bubbles. You go into a gas liquid separator where the oxygen um, diffuses out, and then you recycle this water, meaning maybe you need a filter, you need a pump, and you need a heat exchanger to adapt to the temperature over the stack.
0: The water recycling makes sense not only because of the big surplus of water compared to what is actually needed for the electrochemical reaction. The water also has to be extremely pure. It would be wasteful to discard it. So the whole system surrounding the stack can get quite complex too. Even more so when you consider safety. Handling electricity and water, hydrogen and oxygen all next to each other has to be done right. To make installation and integration a little bit easier, the Bosch team is developing what they call the Smart Electrolysis Module. The Smart Electrolysis Module combines at least one stack with power electronics, a control unit and sensor technology. Actuators and software will be steering the stack and the power electronics. It will also be optimized for safety and efficiency at the same time.
1: So from the power electronics to the stack, you will have a direct current connection. And we mentioned earlier that the currents are pretty high. So in the thousands of ampere. And in this range of current, the ohmic resistance uh, gets some value. So you will, the longer the connection line between the power electronics and the stack, you will lose efficiency. So that's one aspect we say we need to put those two components as close together as possible. But at the same time, while we have high currents, so this could come along with sparks or plasma. And at the other side, we have a stack that might get uh, untied or have a kind of a leakage of hydrogen, which is combined with air in explosive atmosphere. So we want to combine the two components as close as possible. But of course, we want to make it safe. So we need to come up with a concept that fulfills all safety aspects and enables short connections.
0: Having this available should reduce the installation headache drastically and lower the barrier of entry. It should make it easier for companies starting or ramping up their hydrogen production facilities. That way, the smart electrolysis module can contribute to accelerating the way into the green hydrogen future. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something. Next time, our hosts will hop on bikes and explore what riding the bike of the future will feel like. Be patient though, we'll take a short summer break and be back in September.